that time again. <laughs> uh, listeners, welcome to the 13th Floor Podcast. You're joined by me, Cece. Me, Alex. And me, James. Yes, the three of us, the normal crew. We're here to talk about some weird and strange and crazy things. Yeah. Like every week. Like how today I spilled marinara everywhere. Oh twice. Oh my gosh. He no, it was three times technically. Well, yeah, there was three times. You're right. Uh, so mm-hmm. I went to save something, and I had this little thing of marinara for my delicious cheese curds that I got from Freddy's. And the box of cheese curds got ready to fall over. I went to go save it, like at the hero that I am, and I knocked <laughs> uh, marinara on the ground, but it landed with the container side, like the the bottom. Landed flat on the ground. So, Mm. it just shot up everywhere, which was great. Until I went to go pick it up and it slipped out of my hand again and then went face down. Oh, no. (laughs) Then, when I went to go throw it away, it slipped out of the bag I put it in and hit the ground again. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Christ. Dang. No. So, needless to say, I am doing laundry right now. If you hear a little tumble tumble in the background, it's just our washing machine. So much marinara on myself. Yeah, he probably had to go through <coughs> two outfits because he spilled it. Spilled it, taking tra- it, it was ridiculous. James, James, Sir James, what have you been up to lately? Uh, this and that. Uh, speaking of spills, I spilled honey on my carpet, and I have no idea what to do about it. I mean, I have scrubbed and scrubbed, and it just—it's like a big hard disk of carpet now. (laughs) That's nasty, James. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the solution is on that. I've tried a lot of different things. I bet you I bet you Martha Stewart has a trick up her sleeve. You should check Uh, her out. You know we uh back at one of our old apartments we spilt maple syrup on the carpet. And we got it cleaned up and like the texture was fine and stuff, but that one spot for the rest of the time we were there attracted dirt and got darker than everything else the entire time we were there. Yeah. Yeah. And then when we were moving out of the apartment, we put like our vacuum cleaner over top of it when they came to do the inspection and Mm. they didn't move the vacuum cleaner. So great success. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, a little trick for the trade for all you apartment people out there. Oh yeah. Uh, how long Uh ago did you drop this honey? Uh, yeah, is this thanks- month old, honey? Uh, it's Thanksgiving, honey. <laughs> oh, man. That's nasty, James. Were you I taking know. the honey to put it in some of your delicious teas? I was, and the lid <laughs> fell off. James, I know you. Yeah. Um, are we, do we have an icebreaker, Alex? Oh. Uh, he looks like a deer in headlights right now. <laughs> Oh no! Well, okay, here I've got one. Christmas. No, here's one. Here, here's one. Christmas was a few days ago. Okay. Or I guess technically yesterday. Okay. Based upon when this is coming out. What is the best gift you guys have ever given or ever received? Ooh. Ooh. The best gift Ooh. I ever got was this blanket with all my jerseys from like when I first played soccer as a on the team, the Tadpoles. All the way to my la- all the way to like my track team that mm-hmm. I was on when I graduated. Why are you looking at me like that? Because I thought you were going to say your beautiful daughter Gwen. That's not a Christmas gift. That came out a couple of days earlier. You giving Christmas gifts early? I just said gift. I maybe said maybe gift. if you could have just held it in there for a few more days, you would have been oh all right. Oh my god! That wasn't a Christmas gift. That was a. <laughs> <laughs> 
goodness. Uh, James, what about you? Hmm. I'd say the best gift I ever gave was I did a really fun prank on my sister where I got her what appeared to be a candy bar, and she was quite angry about it. And then when she finally opened it, it was uh, these earrings that she'd wanted for, like, ever. And she was, like, real happy and cried about it. And then uh, I'd say the best gift gift I've ever gotten? Hmm. I, w- I remember being stoked when my brother got me a... Uh, uh, an N64. Oh, it was like it was like that uh, that you uh, yes. viral video. It's sixty four. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I I don't know if I specified Christmas, but the best gift I've ever gotten was oh. my engagement ring. What about Gwen? I get, I made that myself. <laughs> Thank you very much. Oh, <laughs> uh, my engagement oh, ring because I love you. I didn't, and I didn't give you your engagement ring for Christmas. It was a gift. I thought you said it was for Christmas. We had to pick a Christmas gift. <laughs> did I? I can't remember. Yes. I totally misunderstood too, to be fair, but yeah. Oh, I thought this, you did. This thing has gone off the rails. I don't like it anymore. I don't want to edit this. I, when that, <laughs> when, when, when now it blows my mind that you think Gwen is like a present that you just <laughs> I worked really hard on that thing. <laughs> Um, oh, wow. This is great. Ups. Now, James, did you think she said for Christmas? Well, I mean, because it was within the context of Christmas just being a few days ago, that was the... Yeah, because you're like, uh, Christmas. I just had gifts on uh, the You're brain. right. It could have been the context. Okay. Mm. No worries. See? All so right. About that? So you liked the ring that I got you? Yeah, I liked the ring that you got me. It's the best gift I've ever gotten. Wow. And um, the best gift that I've ever given. Oh, man. I'm so good at giving gifts. Me too. Yeah, I could see James being good at giving gifts, being very thoughtful. Um, Try hard. Probably something homemade. <laughs> I make a lot of things that are like homemade. Like I'm really proud. Like this isn't like the best gift I think I've ever given, but like every year for for the holidays or for like teacher appreciation, I make a very heartfelt Gwen gift for her teachers. They're pretty cute. Yeah. They're cute. They're pretty cute. You guys, what are we talking about today? Secret societies. Secret societies. Why did everybody Is that where you're going to stop? I thought you were going to go somewhere with it. No, secret societies. This was a topic submitted to us by a lot of people. Submitted to us by Caitlin and Device96 on Instagram. And... Our boy Device. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of people. I think so. Yeah, listeners, if you ever have a topic you want to submit to us, send it to us on Instagram or at uh, at 13th Floor Podcast or on Gmail at thir- er, uh, 13th Floor Podcast at gmail.com. Man, do we just need a reset today? We Susan? need a reset. Listen, <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm actually very sleepy. We're 10 minutes in and you're having some trouble. And I'm going this is some of the worst trouble today. I've seen. Yeah. Smokey and the Bandit. What? <laughs> Uh, are we? What's happening to you? Ready to talk? I think that you know your computer's been having a meltdown. Mine was having a meltdown earlier. I think it's just like me having a meltdown now. Okay, does that mean I'm next? Yeah, probably. I already had my meltdown. Spilling marinara everywhere. Yeah. Oh, earlier, James. Earlier, the thing you might find this funny. We went to the outlet mall to finish up our Christmas shopping. What a nightmare. Yeah, it was a nightmare. Mm-hmm. 
but we were looking for our car at the very end and we could not find it. We were like, where did it go? And I was thinking to myself, what if somebody stole it? But then we turned around and somewhere we had just been like literally seconds ago, it was there. And so I think it was a, oh, weird. I think it was a glitch it in was the uh, simulation. Yeah. It was, it was crazy. Yeah, it was weird. Like I turned around, I just saw this little circle that was like slowly being filled and it said loading. And then it popped up. <laughs> All right. So oh, man. I am starting us out today, Secret Societies, and I am talking about the Freemasons. Ooh. Ooh. We've all seen those little logos on people's cars. No, I saw a logo. When we went to Florida, there was the little Freemason symbol on someone's barn when we were mm. driving to Florida. Oh. I almost had you pull over so I could take a picture, but then I thought I probably shouldn't. It's secret, mm. you guys. Virtual sacrifices. Oh, gosh, I hope not. It was a barn. Be an easy place to do it, right? Yeah. All right, let's go. All right, all right. So, obviously, <laughs> I'd heard of the Freemasons before this because James was like, I was like, James, which one of these these three secret societies do you think I should do? And, of course, naturally, every episode, he's like, Cece, you should do this one. So, I did it. I, I did the Freemasons. And I had heard of them before, and, like, I knew they were a secret society, but I didn't know much more than that. So it was a fun little topic mm. to dive into at first. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't know much about them other than the fact that they kind of date back to the medieval times, medieval Europe, and that it was mm. a very popular group to be in in the colonies, the U.S. colonies. 13 of the 39 men who signed the Constitution were indeed Freemasons. Ooh. So George Washington, our favorite 16th century troll, Benny Franklin, uh, yeah. Paul Revere, lots of historical figures were Freemasons. Ozzy Osbourne. Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> he could be. Who knows? <laughs> but the earliest written record of the Freemasons actually goes all the way back to 1390. Ooh. Yeah, that's a long time ago. That is right? a long time ago. Yeah, it's way old. Yeah. So... Basically, when craftsmen would organize themselves, they would organize themselves in these little guilds, which, by the way, every time mm. I hear the word guild, it makes me think of Neopets. Did you guys, were you guys ever on Neopets? <laughs> I never played Neopets. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, a, me neither. I wasted way too much time on Neopets. But back in the Middle Ages, Masons would join guilds, and when they traveled for work, which was pretty normal for Masons or craftsmen or anybody who kind of did things with their hands, especially cathedral builders. Um, they would identify each other. <laughs> what? He said anyway. Yeah. <coughs> All right. So they would identify each other by a signs of their trade. And they had these like little symbols and codes and things. And they sometimes they would etch it onto their building, whatever they're making. And then other Freemasons would see it and they'd be like, oh, this is legit work. He etched a little compass inside the building. So this was... This was made by a mason, a Freemason. Mm-hmm. This is quality work. You know what I mean? I can imagine. I bet you James etches little symbols into everywhere, everywhere he goes. Right, James? I do. Yeah, he does. I bet you anything. <laughs> when we're at Starbucks, we went to Starbucks recently, and you had your hands under the table. I bet you were etching, you etching. <laughs> etching a little, a little uh, <laughs> secret society symbol on the bottom of the table at Starbucks. Anyways. <laughs> So how we know the Freemasons today, it's real because way back then, like way back in the 1390s, it's kind of difficult to tell what they were doing because records weren't that great for Freemasons back then. But we know today it's, it's really credited having started in Europe in 1717. So the Freemasons have these little lodges, which I, 
I guess, are like little meeting places. Would you? Is that accurate, James? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Good. So when I think of little lodges, I think of kind. Of, I think of a building that smells old. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, th- <clears throat> I think of a ski resort. A ski resort. I think yeah, of, that's what I think of. Well, yeah, I think of a place with a lot of wood paneling and yeah. old, like, dank cushioned chairs that smell a little bit musky. And then I picture all these, like, little old men. Like, you know when you go into a church and it just has that smell? Like, James yeah. can't go smell. into a church. He starts to burn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah can't, can't say Jermaine over there. But I, I picture mm. all these little old men sitting around wearing little fez hats with yeah. jackets and cigars. And they're talking about building tables and stuff. Yeah. That's what I picture in my brain. Or Sounds like a really fun time. <laughs> James. Well, I bet you James is a part of the Freemasons. He can't tell us. Yeah, probably. Or. Well, guess where the Theosophical Society meets in Kentucky? Uh, Your house. Yeah, yeah, James's apartment. <laughs> uh, Lexington. Lexington? Oh, yeah. well, James. Well, I remember during yeah. our during our spiritualist episode, you said you were going to join. Yeah. Yeah. He did his research. Now he knows where to go. how quiet he's been since you said that? On the 13th. Well, (laughs) I also, when I picture Freemasons, I also think of men wearing robes and chanting while standing around a little, yeah, a little stone altar that one of the members made way back when. It's got the little compass etched on the side of it. Yeah, you got to sacrifice. sacrifice. Yeah, absolutely. And then their blood fills in the logo that they make. Oh, that's (laughs) I didn't think that far. This boy over here, James, he's crazy. I'm not a part of the Freemasons. <laughs> wink. Wink, <laughs> wink. wink. <laughs> well, obviously that's my mind goes to, but I don't really know because it's a secret society. Mm. So everything that they do is kind of kept secret, except they do a lot of charity work. But yes. when things are kept secret like this, obviously people are go- rumors are going to start. People are going to start talking about how they do blood sacrifices on their little stone altars. Mm-hmm. While smoking their cigars and wearing their fez hats. Yeah. You've got to explain why they're not creepy in public. They must be creepy behind doors. Behind <laughs> doors. I picture in public, they're probably very quiet and like noble. The one person I know that's in it, he's very nice. He does a lot of charity work. Mm, that's Thanks. nice. Yeah. Well, it's mostly, it's mostly a club for boys. They do have some orders for women, but... Mm. That's called <laughs> Free Macy's. <laughs> <laughs> it does have a name. Oh, I can't, man. What's the name of it, James? Do you know the name of it? Um, I can't remember. I'll have to look it up. Okay. Well, we'll just. But I know what you're talking about. Yeah. it's. Um, I think it's like called the Eastern Star or something. Something like Freemasons that. Freemasons for Women. Let's look this up really quickly. <laughs> Order of Women's Freemasons. <laughs> oh. Very creative. Pretty simple. So, anyways, the Freemasons start up in Europe, really, carried over to the colonies, and it kind of grew from there. It got really popular over here. After a while, you didn't really have to be a craftsman or a mason to join the club because there was a decline in membership because there weren't as many things that needed to be built, I guess, like cathedral builders weren't hmm. weren't as necessary. So, then they're like, oh, our group's getting really small. Mm-hmm. Let's just invite regular people. Mm. So, For except us. they didn't really invite people. You have to ask to join. But- there are different tiers of membership. They're called degrees, which is a nice little play on words, if you ask me. Because a compass has degrees. Get it? Oh, get it? Yeah, so, I get it. Yeah, very, very clever. Very clever. These are smart dudes. So, anyways, there are all these different lodges, and they all have different degrees and different rights. 
So you start out as an entered apprentice, then you go to fellow craft, and the highest degree is Master Mason. A website I found called documentarytube.com discussed some of the different degrees and how each one has a different meaning. Mm -hmm. Like one, at least one of the Scottish degrees you can obtain, it's called Master of the Brazen Serpent. And it teaches, quote, that devotion to one's friends and zealousness in performing one's duties are rewarding virtues. Wow. Wow. Sounds nice. Yeah. So the Freemason is not a religious group. This is a misconception that a lot of people have about the group. But members are supposed to believe in a higher being of some sort, which most refer to as another great plan words here, the great architect of the universe. Mm. Yeah. So you got to believe in some type of being that oversees everything. Yeah, the guy I knew is Christian. Yeah. So I guess that. But you don't have to be Christian to join. Hey, and Jesus was a carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> but the Freemasons did and still do butt heads with the Catholic Church because according to Britannica.com, the Freemasons' teachings enjoin morality, charity, and obedience of the law to the land. And the Catholic Church is like, no. You're not allowed to join <laughs> if you're a Catholic. And oh, okay. That's a good reasoning. Well, there. there are a lot of conspiracy theories that claim the Freemasons worship the devil, which obviously wouldn't sit well with the Catholic Church. Mm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And another group that wasn't too fond of the Freemasons was the Anti-Masonic Political Party, which is technically considered America's first third party. Oh, yeah. wow. Oh, weird. Yeah, they were formed based upon a conspiracy theory, actually. Yeah, wow, a hate group. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Their goal was to dismantle the Freemasons, and they were the first group to nominate candidates for presidency and things, and to publish their platform, which is crazy. Hmm. Very peculiar. Basically, all their platform was, we hate the Freemasons because they're probably up to no good, and so that's not really enough Hmm. to really carry on a party, so they disbanded in 1840. So that's why they no longer mm-hmm. exist. They sound like that group, like in a movie where they're jealous of the other kids for having fun. And so they call the cops on them. <laughs> 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 well, y'all want to know what spurred the party's creation in the first place? Uh, it was, someone slept with someone's wife. No, no, it was, it was an event that actually led to a lot of anti Freemason sentiment across the country. Oh. But there was this guy, a bricklayer named William Morgan. And he had infiltrated the group, the Freemasons. And he went to all their little secret meetings. And when he and a friend decided they were going to publish a book sharing all the Freemasons' secrets, murdered. the Freemasons were like, uh-uh. Huh. The word got out and they were not happy. So poor old Morgan got thrown into jail for these really tiny charges that most people probably wouldn't get thrown into jail for. Hmm. But the police threw him in there, which kind of like, to me, goes, oh, did, they, did the Freemasons have the police in their back pocket? How exciting. Yeah. And then a group of Freemasons came to bail out Morgan and he was never heard or seen from again. Ooh. Ooh. I like it. Yeah, everyone thinks he got axed, which I mean, it's quite kind of kind of sounds like. But then at the same time, like way back when, you you could probably just walk out of town and then start a new life somewhere else and nobody would really know. And that man's name became Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was back in 1826. So. Exactly. Ugh. <laughs> So conspiracy theories, that's why we're here. Right, guys? Yeah. There are so many conspiracy theories about the Freemasons. Um, Because as I said a little while ago, when things are kept secret, rumors are going to fly. 
But by the way, when you search Freemason conspiracy theories on Google, the first like dozen articles are surrounding the Denver airport conspiracy, which is funny because I'd never heard, I'd never heard of the Denver airport conspiracy before we did our episode, but now I'm seeing it everywhere. Hmm. Now you're seeing the, the lines between things. Yeah, I know. Putting it all together. All, the picture's all coming together, you guys. But the big one of the bigger conspiracy theories deals with the New World Order, mm. which if Mine you haven't, too. yeah, if you haven't listened to our Denver Airport conspiracy episode, go back and listen to that because we kind of touch upon it. But some people think that the Freemasons have infiltrated governments around the globe in order to rule the world and basically subvert the legal system. Mm. Which I mean, that yeah, sure, why not? Sounds like yours is just going to be a lot of mine. They can do whatever they want. Well, I'm not going to get to it. It does. It ties very. No, it's okay. It's okay. Closely with the Illuminati, <laughs> yeah. which Alex is going to be talking about here shortly. But the Freemasons and Illuminati are said to walk hand in hand with the Illuminati, really leading the way. Oh. They're like the highest of the high when it comes to secret societies, in my opinion, at least according to what I've read. They're in the driver's seat, if you will. But some people even think that Freemasons is comprised. Some people, I think this is crazy. Some people think that it's comprised primarily of Jewish folk who want to control the world. And Hitler believed this. And during his rule, his crazy, insane rule, he banned and persecuted Freemasons. So they all kind of went underground during that time. The Ku Klux Klan has ties to the Freemason. Lots of political conspiracies surrounding this group of people. But... Culturally, some of the topics of many of our previous episodes are also tied to the Freemasons. Lizard people, remember them? Yes. Yeah, they're said to be Freemasons. Some people think the Freemasons were the ones who faked the moon landing. They assassinated JFK, according to some people. But yeah, lots of conspiracy theories. James, do you have a favorite Freemasons conspiracy theory? Mm, uh, My favorite is that they worship... uh, um, a bizarre three-headed god that has the head of a frog, the head of a man, and the head of an, uh, I want to say, owl. That, is that a, sounds right, know, because uh, mine, my, the Illuminati, directly deals with an owl, originally. Oh, really? Oh, well, yeah, yeah, the owl makes sense. Uh, so, wait, you never come across uh, Jabulon? No. Sometimes he's also called Yab- Yabalon. Um, he's, uh, he's a unique mason god, and... Like, according to a lot of Masons, oh, it's just uh, our word for for the creator, for the divine architect. But some people claim that he's, like I said, a a three-headed monster being that's sort of demonic in nature. Oh, Yeah. I don't like it. That's exciting. Well, the Freemasons still exist today. And if you want, you can join and learn all the freaky-deaky secrets. Um. (laughs) And I don't know if they're still doing this today, but at one point they had a campaign to get people to join with the slogan, all you have to do is ask. You know what? I've heard that before. Yeah, it's according to the New York Times. Right well, before I joined. Yeah, right before you <laughs> So you put in a request, but I know a lot of people join the club by knowing somebody who's already in the club yeah. and being recommended. But the Freemasons cannot approach you. You have to approach them. And joining does come with some fees, so be ready to shout some cash for your annual membership. Um, but... Nowadays, the group is well-known for charity work, mainly. Mm -hmm. The Shriners Club is a subset of Freemasons, which is probably why I picture all the men wearing fezzes. Do the Shriners Club wear fezzes? We'll just say they did. Uh, Just the Shriners, yeah. Yeah, the Shriners Club. Okay, so that's where it comes. That's where it comes in my brain. But they do a lot of charity work. Some other famous Masons, you guys, throughout history were John Wayne. 
Okay. Davy Crockett. Oh. Which whenever I hear of Davy Crockett, it makes me think of Walt Disney. The little intro to Walt Disney, you're like, Davy, Davy <laughs> Yeah, Crockett. me too. Davy Crockett, king of the wild frontier. Oh, by the way, it's a cat, frog, and human head. Cat. That's a uh, Jabulon. Oh. Yeah. Frog and human. How disappointing. <laughs> I like the owl uh-huh. better. Yeah. Mozart, Joe Frazier, oh. Ranker said that Richard Pryor was a member. Mark Twain. Oh, weird. Jesse Jackson, Houdini. Henry Clay, who's a pretty... That's really surprising. Yeah, Houdini being a part of it. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. But Henry Clay was also a part of it, and I'm sure people who don't live inside Kentucky might not know who he is, but you guys, when I was looking up members, I saw his picture, and it gave me, like, seriously, the biggest heebie-jeebies I've had in a long time. Why? Have you ever no. looked at a picture of Henry Clay? No. Okay. Why does he look like he's made of clay? He, no, it, it was... There was something about... It's like... <laughs> I felt like I felt like his eyes were peering into my soul and oh. it made me very uncomfortable. Interesting. Oh. Yeah, he's got he's got like witcher eyes. He does, doesn't he? He's creepy. Yeah. I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that about Henry Clay. Yeah, that was really God rest his soul, a great but... compromiser. <sighs> he scared me. Um Willie Mays, Harpo Marks, Colonel Sanders. Mel Blanc, aka mm-hmm. Bugs Bunny, was a Freemason. So mm. that's the Freemasons, you guys. Wow. 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 That's pretty cool. I learned something new. I'm glad you learned something new. I hope <clears> all of our <throat> listeners learned something new, too. I think they did. Now, don't be reading my notes now. Okay, I'll look away. Because I'm going next. All right. Alex is going next. He's talking about the Illuminati. And I I focused a lot on the history of them because <laughs> I don't think a lot of people know the history of them. I don't know the history of them. And this is a Spark Notes history because there's a lot of it. But I'll break it down for all you. Uh, newbies to this topic. Okay, <clears throat> I'm ready. But so I thought I knew what the Illuminati was like this big secret or- organization that probably existed for centuries, like many many centuries. How old do you think the Illuminati were? Uh, it makes me think back to the the medieval times because it's just got that name that just seems like it's. it's like, oh, the Illuminati. You know what what about you, James? <laughs> you probably know. Um, I, if I remember right, they branched off from the Rosicrucians in, I want to say, the 13th century. So, no, that was after that. I can't remember. Dang it. So, I was very surprised to find out that it all started during the late 1700s. Ooh. Uh, okay, it was further back, than, or further away than I thought. Actually, its origin can be exactly dated. Or maybe that's just Ooh. what they want you to think. So, the Illuminati started on May 1st, 1776, and it was created by this professor, uh, this German professor by the name of Adam Weishaupt, who was born in Germany, and after being fed up with his treatment by uh, the clerical people at his university, and finding that his mission didn't quite line up with what the Freemasons were doing, and he also didn't want to pay the fees... Um, he actually did not Who, want to pay the fees. Whoever wants to pay the fees. <laughs> exactly. So he decided to create his own organization. Can you guess the name? Is it is it the Illuminati? No. Oh. It's the Bunder Perfectiblestein. <laughs> what? <laughs> or translated to the Covenant of Perfectibility. Or just the Perfectibilists is what they call themselves. 
How did that, how, how did the Illuminati come from this name? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So their symbol at the time uh, was the owl of Minerva, which is why I thought maybe the owl was one of the three heads. Uh, yeah. Okay. And owl Minerva comes from Roman mythology. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently it caught on that this was a very weird name because just two years later in 1778, the name changed to the order of the Illuminati. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> So he had a penchant for poor naming conventions. The runner-up for this name that he really wanted, but I think he maybe got it outvoted or something, was he wanted it to be the B order. The B order? Yeah, like B-E-E, like the insect. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yes. So I pictured this so it would be easier to identify other members of the order. Like like a waiter comes up, he's like, "Oh, hello, sir. What'll it be?" <laughs> and immediately, Adam is like, "This guy knows. He knows was shopped. S- he knows our secrets." Get it? What? Adam knows. Adam was like, "This guy knows was shopped." What? That's his last name. Adam's last name is was shopped. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. It would have helped if I pronounced it the same the first time. Yeah. So during the early period. <laughs> The order had three grades. is a novice, Minerva, and illuminated Minerva. Illuminated Minerva? <laughs> yeah. It sounds like a belly button. It does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Of which only the Minerva grade involved a complicated ceremony. And in this, like, the candidate was given secret signs and a password. And from what I hear, there's something very similar that happens with the Freemasons. There's like secret handshakes and that type of thing. Yeah. And they are like a real deal. I tried to find out what it was and he wouldn't tell me. And so the the weird thing is, is as the thing went on, as the Illuminati grew, it only went on for 10 years, by the way. Not even that long. So it's, what, it's not even around anymore? I know, right? Yeah. I, I don't believe that. that one bit. So <laughs> what he expected was espionage to be kept on. Everyone was spying on each other. So you can imagine how that probably got pretty quick, right? Paranoia. Yeah, and people of the ruling council kind of dictated who moved up based on who they liked. Oh. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they did allow like some newcomers to recruit people, but that became such a big problem that they even removed a guy because he was recruiting too well. Oh. So it it seems like the higher ups had a lot of control issues. And they didn't want people coming in to, I guess, spoil their secret society. But they did look for like some weird things. I didn't expect a place like this, especially after they had clerical problems. And that's the whole reason they started this is they got tired of uh, the clergy bothering them. Yeah. Well, they were Jesuits and uh, the Pope wasn't too fond of Jesuits in that day. Yeah. Yeah. But the the thing that I thought was strange is that they're looking for Christians of good character. No Jews, pagans or women. Or monks, or members of other secret societies. So Freemasons could yeah. not join the Illuminatis. That's a weird gray area, and I, here's why. Besides wanting rich, docile, they wanted people from 18 to 30 that were easy to control, but also wealthy and had enough power to maybe move on up and make decisions of their own. So part of their main goal in accumulating all these people and doing that type of thing is to, to grow them teach them really 
educate them to become better. And that way, when they do become older, like in their 50s or whatever, I, actually, I, I would say probably 30s because everybody died really early back then, yeah. probably. So when they really reached positions of power, they could enforce their will on them and control anyone that they put in power. That sounds weird. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. And some people compared them more to a revolutionary group than like a, a secret society that kind of just operate in the shadows. Cause it, it seems like they galvanize people to their side in like peculiar ways. Okay. So mm-hmm. one of the most surprising things to me was that supposedly the original Illuminati lasted less than a decade. Like I said, before infighting destroyed them, probably from the spying, my guess. And essentially, the Illuminati had decided to infiltrate the Freemasons in order to, (laughs) I guess guess in the simplest way to put it, steal their knowledge. Because the Mm. creator of this, Adam, was pretty certain that the Freemasons had knowledge that he wasn't privy to, especially in the upper echelons. But he was disappointed Mm. to know that once he joined and he got to their first level that he wasn't privy to that information. He had to go uh, go to higher levels. Yeah, he had to go to higher levels to access any of that stuff. I just want to know what knowledge they're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Because it's like uh, well who is, the big question is who is the first Freemason? And I'm talking about in their mythos, and that is it's King Solomon. And how did King Solomon build his temple? With demons. He used his uh, Solomon seal to get demons to do his bidding. So that's the knowledge he was after. James. <laughs> so what they did was they once they got once they infiltrate, infiltrated with several members. Yeah. Then they started to grow their own divisions of the Freemasons and kind of recruit people. So they did recruit people from other secret societies, but it was after they had established their own lodge. And then grew it from there. The Illumasons. Yeah, but they had their own Illuminati branch. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a mess. Because yeah. all these things start happening. And it really starts to sound like Adam is just too controlling, like I said earlier. And people start kind of running their mouth and doing things that I would say are the equivalent of like... It started to feel more like a frat house than it did a secret organization. People were getting too frisky people were getting uh were talking all about town about the power that they accumulated and and the secret society now in quotes was no longer a secret but most people knew the members of the society and so you know what happens with a secret society when everyone knows all the secrets yeah it's it's nothing so eventually it was disbanded for kind of two reasons a no one trusted anybody anymore. And B, secret societies had been banned. All of them in the, in Germany, I believe it was, which is. Yeah. Yeah. And so they all kind of disappeared. Now it seems a little too clean and neat for a secret society. In quotes, to just I guess disappear. To disappear. But it also sounds mm-hmm. like it very quickly got unwieldy. And Adam, uh, was shopped was just, he was too controlling, and he also just recruited the wrong people. Which he, the people he had recruited were recruiting the wrong people. It just—it was a big web that had gotten too big to be a secret anymore. He flew too mm. close to the sun. Yeah, I think the knowledge he should have looked at when he was at the Freemasons was how to keep a secret. 
For real. Yeah. <laughs> All those guys were blabbing around town and everything. But you might be asking, like, did anything happen because of the Illuminati that did that we know for a fact did exist? Well, some people think that a lot of their ideas pervade through the organization's demise and caused the French Revolution. Hmm. Mm. And another question you might be asking is, if it died, especially after, what, eight years of being alive, I believe it really was, why are we still hearing about it? That's eight yeah. years, 300 yeah. years ago, right? Yeah. Well, 250 years ago. But the main reason a lot of historians point to is because of George Washington. Because in, hmm. in 1798, he wrote a letter about how he was glad that they were to avoid any sort of Illuminati-like threat, which immediately raised people's eyebrows. Like, why did you mention this? And a lot of people say it's because uh, a lot of conspiracy theories say that Thomas Jefferson was part of the Illuminati as well. But if he was accused, if he he was being (laughs) accused of it back then, then there's a very good chance he wasn't. I don't know. Mm. It's very weird, know. but a lot of people attribute to the modern, I guess, belief of the Illuminati to George Washington, which I thought was very cool because he just mm. mentioned in a letter, like he was glad that they were to avoid any sort of like Illuminati type situation. Mm. Aye, aye, aye. I mean, a lot of people still like, I had no, no idea that they had been disbanded. I thought that they were still around because you hear it so often. Well, I thought they were way older. Yeah. And I thought they were still going. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're still going. Well, and a lot of people yeah. do. A lot of people think that every single thing you mentioned, Cece, they they think that they're doing. They also think that the Illuminati at one point uh, got a hold of alien technology and is keeping it from the public. I could see it. Yeah, running shadowy organizations to rule the world, like you said, which is very in line with what their original mission was, was uh, get these people when they're young, before they're set in their ways, as they said. And mold them. And mold them into what they want to be. Ew. And then use them, which is very, I mean, that's exactly what you would would picture the Illuminati doing. That's what I picture when I think of it now. I mean, honestly, the fictional representations of the actual goals aren't really that different from what they were saying. No, if anything, they're watered down. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I thought that was really cool. And I think, I don't know, I think it makes it cooler that I know that there's actually like solid history with them, even if they did probably fabricate it and erased everybody's minds. Oof. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Alex is going off on a tangent. I'm just kidding. Cool. Illuminati. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. the reason people blame the Illuminati for things is because. Anytime there's something hard to explain, especially with like government agencies or like weird wars that don't make sense, there's all they always a lot of people or psychologists believe that we go to the easiest explanation. The easiest explanation, someone's the, controlling these people. The Illuminati. Yeah. It's an it's it's like the perfect explanation that also doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, they're a good whipping boy. Yes, they're a good whipping boy. But that's it. All that's all I have for Illuminati. Interesting. I learned a lot. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> James. James is talking about sk- skulls and bones. Mm-hmm. Skull and bones. Oof. Roll the bones. Um, skull and bones. Um, well, skull and bones got started in 1832. But in order to explain things a little properly, I'm going to do a little bit of Tarantino jumping around. Uh-oh. And, uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to jump around uh, right now to uh, the year 323 BC. So back in the day, 323 BC, there was uh, there were several city states that made up Greece, and they were called the Aetolian League, and uh, and by extension the Hellenic League, and that included Athens and a whole bunch of other cities, and they were in trouble because they were at war with Macedon and Boeotia. And Macedon was led by a fellow so great that it was part of his name, Alexander. And so Alexander the Great is just wrecking Greece, absolutely destroying them. And he succeeded. He, uh, the, he actually defeated them su to such a degree, their, their greatest general, uh, Demosthenes, had to kill himself in order to avoid uh, being tortured. Uh, Eubea also captured and killed. And the end result was the most famous democracy in human history was dissolved and replaced with an oligarchy of the 9,000 wealthiest Athenians. So in other words, democracy died and a handful of very wealthy individuals became an oligarchy. What could go wrong? Why is this? Yeah. <laughs> Why is this important? Well, because that war ended in 322. And Skull and Bones consists of the wealthiest people in America, and they're called Order 322 for that very reason. Ooh. So nothing, yeah, nothing nefarious about that. Let's uh, <laughs> let's just form a group of the wealthiest people in the country and name it after the year wherein the wealthiest people in a country dissolved their democracy and took complete control <laughs> of the State of the Union. Yeah, yes. when you, when you so, said that name, I was thinking like, like some tied us, some pirates or something. <laughs> yep. Sadly, uh, no. Wish it was pirates. Instead, it is uh, the and I, I think it's cool that they are called the Bonesmen. That's like the coolest name ever. It sounds almost pornographic and uh, secret society at the same time. Yeah. Do you think but, they? Uh, do you think they like shout to their friend like, "Hey, you gonna go bone tonight?" <laughs> <laughs> Good lord. Uh, well, uh, in, in relation to that, I've got another weird question for you. This is the last weird thing that I will tie into them before I actually just talk about them. Um, you guys may have remembered this. About a decade ago, there was a French student who had done for like a science project or something or a history project. She had done some genealogical research on American presidents. And to her surprise, she found that all American presidents are very closely related, and actually they all have a common ancestor from the Mayflower, which, by the way, everybody in the Skull and Bones has somebody from the Mayflower, heads up, uh, except <laughs> one, one president. Do you know what president that was? Trump. Because <laughs> 2000, uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say George Washington. Oh, wait, that was back then. Huh? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to no, say. No, this was discovered like 10 years ago, so this is all the presidents up until Trump, really. Ago. I'm going to say yeah. Roosevelt. Roosevelt. Wow. You know, most people say Obama because, you know. I figured he was too obvious. All the other presidents. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Uh, no, uh, the, the the true answer is uh, Mr. Dutchman himself. Come on. Think of it. I don't know who. I don't know who's on, Mr. Dutchman. Really? Martin Van Buren, you got it. Oh, Van yeah, Buren, my, it's in the name. The favorite. one president I could never remember. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I find it interesting to note that so many people in the Skull and Bones trace their lineage to the Mayflower, 
the one fella who is not part of that creepy bloodline of all effing presidents, Van Buren, uh, they stole his skull and they have his skull in their possession. What? Yeah. Yeah. That's not a theory. That's not a theory. We know it. They're, they're very open about it. Yeah. We got, we got Geronimo's skull. We got Van Buren's skull. Uh, yeah, they got skulls and they've stole those skulls too. And they're not in any trouble for it. Like they stole famous people's skulls and nothing has come of the fact that they openly do this. Oh, what? Uh, yeah. (laughs) I'm in disbelief right now. Yeah, yeah. See, this is what I. This is why I told you guys earlier. They are the least intimidating at the surface of all these secret societies. But then when you dig a little farther, it's like, oh my gosh, how is this a thing? Um, yeah, like uh, uh, where's his yeah. skull right now? Like where is their little? It's in like this little creepy tomb that they meet at and do rituals. No. So again, it's <laughs> called Skull and Bones for a reason. They got a real fixation with uh, death iconography. Mm-mm. No, no, thank Case you. Case in point of of how creepy is this? How creepy is this? Uh, here's two famous uh, president. Well, would be president and president. Well, George H. W. He was in the bones, and so is his son George W. Mm-hmm. Well, so is John Kerry. Again, both of these dudes trace their lineage back to they're they're flipping New England wasps. Uh, whenever they were running against each other, a, a journalist actually asked Kerry. On camera. Uh, so uh, what does it mean that two bonesmen are running against each other? And Carrie said, not much because it's a secret. On uh, camera. Ooh, right? Ooh. Yeah. Oh, they also have Pancho Villa's skull. I forgot to mention that. Uh, yeah, I'm telling you, it's super messed up. Um, but yeah, if you think about people who are wealthy and influential throughout uh, the past 150 years or so, a tremendous number of them were in Skull and Bones. In fact, they were so iconically just the movers and shakers of the country that even F. F. Scott Fitzgerald uh, in Great Gatsby, two of the, the two main characters, they were both Bonesmen. Uh, hmm. That's how much of a reference it is. You see it in Batman too. Like like before uh, they they enter that whole uh, Court of Owls stuff. It was long published. Oh, yeah. You know, Bruce Wayne's grandpa was a bonesman, you know. So it's hmm. it's been part of the zeitgeist for a long time is what I'm saying. It's been it's been a creepy, spooky group in our culture, in our, our, our pop culture for like 100 years almost. So oh. that in and of itself is, is somewhat disturbing. Um, and yeah, and they also own an island where they, they have little retreats and do God knows what called Deer Island. That's on the uh, St. Lawrence River. And you, you, you actually have to take uh, cat boats just to get to the lake, little tiny dinghies, because it, we're talking about a pretty narrow little estuary. No. So spooky, spooky. And it's in ruins, <laughs> but they still meet there and do who knows what. Um, now, here's another thing that I find really creepy about them. Uh there's actually 41 secret societies at Yale. By the way, Skull and Bones is exclusively relegated to Yale, so at least you don't got to be scared oh. of a Harvard man, I guess. <laughs> but there are 41 societies in Yale. That's a lot of little secret yeah. groups, and they are only the fifth richest. So that that bothers me even more because, as we as I mentioned earlier, Skull and Bones is the least intimidating of the three topics we're talking about at face value until you look a little further. 
Well, similarly, what are these other groups that nobody ever talks about that are pretty much nameless unless you're in them? It, it, it makes you kind of wonder if, if maybe there are not more nefarious groups that are completely uh, unknown or unheard of outside of a small, very, very insular and possibly even just genetically related handful of people. And also, they have little call signs and nicknames. So isn't that cute? Like, like, what would you, what would you, if you guys were, this would actually be a good icebreaker. If you were in a secret club like this, uh, what would your call sign be? What would your nickname be? Yeah, the uh, the Illuminati did the same thing where they all had yeah. fake, uh, fake names. Mine would be Daisy Train. Mine Daisy Train. <laughs> that Daisy sounds train. pornographic. Okay, yes, it does. <laughs> yes, it does. That's what I was thinking. Uh, mine would be. Oh God, I can't, I can't think of that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Daisy Train, good Daisy uh, Train. Oh, I guess mine would be Long John. Long John, <laughs> no. Lord. Oh man. Well, they have cutesy little names uh, like uh, Bale and Magog. You know, oh. in the demonic names. In other yeah. words, is where I'm going. Oh yeah, my first option. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. George H. W. Actually, was Magog. What? So, yeah, not uh, even kidding. Yeah, that's creepy. Uh, right? Yeah. Mm. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, even now, I'm thinking like, geez. Uh, incidentally, they uh, they had to have a reputation on campus for stealing things, and that's actually how they came into possession of Geronimo, Pancho Villa, and Martin Van Buren's skulls. Like under normal Obviously. circumstances, right? Yeah, exactly. Under normal circumstances, y'all would keep things like that in like an anthropological area, and they just ended up belonging to the skull and bones. And this has caused tons of rumors. Uh, the biggest of which that that I'm aware of, hands down, is that they control the CIA. Which hmm. we've talked about the CIA and the shady stuff that they do. Well, if you look at the uh, the hierarchy within the CIA, it is absolutely saturated with skull and bones. Uh, well, with bonesmen. I almost said skull and bones uh, members, but let's just call them bonesmen because it sounds way cooler. But uh, case in point would be when uh, when Kennedy was assassinated and a lot of people think the CIA was involved. That was when George H.W. was head of the CIA. And... Mm. Yeah, he was mm-hmm. a, a bonesman. Very well-known example of one. So, yeah, super flipping spooky. Um, one, uh, one, one such controversy uh, took place, actually, at the White House itself. Um, bear in mind, this was when H.W. was president. In uh, 1991, there was a fellow who refused to answer questions about his initiation, and it caused quite a quite a stir because this was someone who – is legally obligated. This was when he was actually being grilled for uh, like a high position, and he absolutely refused to to answer anything that would impede the well being of the skull and bones. So that's that's super spooky. Yeah. And uh, on one occasion, John Kerry was actually asked by a uh, um, just a regular civilian, not a not a journalist this time. And this is when this was the same guy. This is, you know, most people don't know the backstory about this, but everybody's probably familiar with don't tase me, bro. And then they tased the crap out of that guy. That's what he was asking when they tased him. He was asking John Kerry about 
what the initiation ritual into the bone, uh, skull that's, and bones. That was what? what was being asked when he was tased? That's, yeah, that's what was being asked. Oh, wow. man. I didn't know that. Yeah, right. And, and speaking of Carrie, uh, again, every time people got curious about skull and bones, it has to do with John Kerry for whatever reason. But uh, Tim Russert on Meet the Press, he was asking both of them, Bush and Kerry, about it. And uh, W actually said, it's so secret we can't talk about it. And then Kerry responded to this, you trying to get rid of me here? So, hmm. very, I mean, ooh. like, even if he was kidding, I'm still getting goosebumps off of that. Uh, you know what I mean? It's just staggering the stuff that these these guys have been involved in. And, and here are some examples of some other members. Uh, Taft, he was in Skull and Bones. He was one of the first members because this was back in uh, uh, 1878 when he joined. So I think pretty, he was a Freemason too. Uh, yeah, well, there's a, there's a big overlap. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, secret societies, they, they, it's like tattoos. You can't just get one, apparently. Um, the uh, astrophysicist uh, Lyman Spitzer, who came up with the Hubble Space Telescope, which, again, a lot of people think that these elites, they, uh, you know, both Skull and Bones, Illuminati, uh, Freemasons, Rosicrucians, a lot of people claim they worship Saturn. It's kind of interesting that the dude who allowed us to really get a look at Saturn is a Bonesman. Um, yeah. <laughs> Weird stuff. Uh, Supreme Court Justice um, uh, Potter Stewart. That's another example. George uh, McBundy, one of JFK's top advisors, which, again, a lot of people think that the Bonesmen are kind of ruined JFK's reputation by getting involved in Bay of Pigs and then assassinated him. And FYI, speaking of creepy names, he, his call sign was Odin. Odin. Oh. Yeah. That one doesn't creep yeah. me out quite as much. James, you never said what your call sign would be. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Um, El Diablo. <laughs> um. James, I had to verify I had to verify your story about uh, the Don't Tase Me Bro guy because it blew my mind so much. Uh-huh. You're right. Verified. Well, of course yeah. you're right. But yeah. I just I had to look <laughs> it up and I'm like, oh wow. You're right. Yeah, I get it, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you. Um the uh, Blackstone group leader, the hedge fund fellow that, you know, Got all that flipping money for uh, W. Stephen Schwartzman, also mm-hmm. a bonesman. Uh, I mean, it's just staggering. Even now, um, uh, he's actually just got uh, asked to be chair of the Strategic Policy Forum, which is only a 17-member group by Trump. So, again, mm-hmm. there, there's plenty of bonesmen in that organization, too. Yeah, Steve Nuchin. Uh, who's the uh, Department of Treasury nominee for Trump. He's a bonesman. I mean, the list just goes on and on. I'm just naming like a handful. That's how many well-to-do people over the past. I mean, I'm just naming people who are alive right now and, and still movers and shakers, but really people who've had enormous pull in our government and in international policy for the United States over the past 150 years have belonged to this very tiny, very insular group of people who engage in rituals that, you know, there's been so many myths and rumors about. We can't verify most of them, but they definitely use a lot of, like I said, death iconography, skulls, bones, actual, literal, famous, well-to-do people's (laughs) remains. 
it, yeah. it's just super, super dark and super messed up. And the fact that they're only the fifth richest group at Yale, it it just leaves a lot to be researched and looked into. Maybe the other ones are just charities, James. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so, so in order to join the the skull and bones, you have to go to Yale. Yes. And you have to be super rich. Yes. Well, there's not an actual rule about that, but if you look at the backgrounds of the people who are in these groups, generally speaking, you come from an extremely wealthy background. If you, if you don't, then you must be Mr. Big Man on campus through sheer charm and ambition and popularity alone. <laughs> Interesting, James. Yeah. I'd heard of Skull and Bones like in passing, but that's nuts. Yeah, yeah that I, is wild. I think that all of yeah. these groups have just got my mind whirling tonight. Yeah, Oof. but what bothers me the most about them is, is, yeah, we're talking about a very small group of people very wealthy, and they're again the the number that that they use over and over again in their imagery and their iconography is three twenty two, and it's just extremely suspicious to me that they would reference a period in Greek history where democracy was overthrown by a tiny group of extremely wealthy people, and they happen to be a tiny group of extremely wealthy people who play an enormous role in what we call our republic. Hmm. Interesting. It all goes to the top, you guys. Yeah. Always. Wow. That's a lot of secret society for the day. Yes. I learned a lot. Yeah. With my own research and your old. James didn't learn a damn thing, but... No, he didn't. He sat here and listened to us <laughs> while we prattled on. All right. Are we ready to draw our episode for next week? Ready. I had several new new entries that I threw in today. Nice. All right, what are we talking about next week? Oh, Ooh. an interesting one. Okay. Next week, we're going to be talking about life on Mars. Wow. Is there life on Mars? That was beautiful, James. <laughs> I thought I thought David Bowie was back from the grave. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, is he still alive, James? Did I insult you? They've got his skull in, in Yale right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you do, do you guys have anything you want to add before we go? No, me neither. All right, well, listeners, follow us on Instagram at Thirteenth Floor Podcast. Send your topics to us or stories. If you ha- if you want to go to Mars or you've been to Mars in a dream, <laughs> email us at Thirteenth Floor Podcast at gmail.com. Alex, who does our music? All right, our music is signaled by Grant Cook. You can find it on Amazon Music, Spotify, iTunes, anywhere you listen to music. Music. All right, you guys. Um, I guess that's it for now. So until next time, listeners, we hope that you can keep keep it strange. strange. (laughs) 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 (la